What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. Joining us today are our good friends, Mr. EJ Hassan-Fratz and Jonathan Wimbush. Hey. And what up, what up? There it is. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Do it. Do I was it. waiting for EJ to go first. I forgot yeah. he did have a tagline already. <laughs> and MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor... Or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic ideas. We're on MoGraph.com, YouTube.com slash MoGraph. Check us out there. You can see all the schedule info there. You can see what's coming up. You can go to MoGraph.com and see articles and things. And uh, also, you can go to MoGraph TV and watch 24-7. Rip the knob mm-hmm. off. Matt Matt doesn't have it on today. What's up with that? Oh, it's not cool. Well, there's okay. Yeah, I see I, how it I is. I assume because there was four. You hate MoGraph TV. <laughs> Way to call me out. Trying to see that bandwidth. You know, it's funny. The other day, actually, uh, you know, people will pop on and they'll say something in chat, and I won't necessarily see it till like maybe a little bit later because it's running all the time, oh. you know. And I get on there, and there was. Uh, it's, this is so weird. I, I think I screenshotted it. There was um, a username by the name of Johann Sebastian Bach who had been hmm. commenting by himself. No, I'm sorry. It was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's uh-huh. like, yo, you guys seen Bach around? I haven't seen him in a while. He may <laughs> be composing another cant- cantana. I, I, like, he just goes on like through this whole thing and he's like talking about his stuff and then at the end... Bach came on and he was like, Oh, Wolfgang, I'm right here. And like, they're having a conversation in our chat. I'm like, What is going on? It's really weird. And there's no like spam links or anything. It's just people Mm -hmm. having fun. Yeah. Just, well, now I like that. Like, we should get, you know, Handel and Mm -hmm. like all the other composers go in there. I'll pretend I'm Beeple. Could be a thing. (laughs) No, you gotta stick with like classical music people. Uh, the classical bot is what Matthew said. Classic bot, literally. <laughs> so we don't know what we're going to talk about today. This is kind of off the cuff today. Uh, we got um, a few things going on. Of course, camp is coming up very quick. Mm-hmm. We got to get ready Super for that. Quick. Do yep. we have mm-hmm. uh, anything to show? No videos yet to show, right? I know we got some video, some good video. We have a show. video, but it's not. I I don't think it's ready yet. Okay. I'm very excited about it. Yes. Yeah. I'm very I did buy. I did buy eight hammocks that we Ooh, can the hammock uh, district. set up. Yeah, <laughs> we can set up um, all around the uh, the camp for people, <clears throat> which will be fun. So. Uh, other than that, now we've just been chatting with all the different workshop instructors and working things out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, do you fl- is everyone flying into Richmond? Is that the thing? No. Uh, mm-hmm. Norfolk. Yeah. Norfolk. Oh. Yeah. 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 yeah Norfolk. A little journey there. Richmond's a, a bit of a drive. If you're planning on driving and you want to fly into Richmond, you can. And but has- we if. If the shuttle is only picking up from from Norfolk. Yes. The shuttle is only... Yeah, I was going to say, if you want the shuttle, you got to be at that Mm -hmm. airport. But uh, make sure you have signed up for the shuttle. I know uh, MoGraphers don't read their emails. They don't. That you signed up for that. Make sure you get a slot. The the portal. portal. Yeah. The portal. portal. 
Yeah. Yes. We're trying to keep in touch with everybody, let everybody know what's going on the best we can. Um, you know, it, it is weird. Like, we try to set up that portal, and it's like, there is not a good way to make a hub for something like this. There needs to be, I feel like it's a missing piece of software that somebody needs to make, you know, because yep. it's not really like Linktree, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, check your email, get on that list because it is quite a journey. And if you're gonna have to take an Uber out there, it, it's that's about a be seventy-five dollar Uber. Yeah. So oh, just so yeah, you know, see. yeah. Maybe I'll come out for the first day and I'll get piggyback rides from the airport. I've been there training again, so carry some people on my shoulders. Maybe it's, only, it's only yep. an hour and a half drive. How how yeah. long can the walk really be? Right. Yeah, it's a warm up. <laughs> it's a Wimbush warm up. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's going to be a lot of yeah. fun. I'm really excited. I, we, we've also been working on a lot of the swag and you know logistics and stuff like that. And it's going to be. I, I'm, I'm excited to get. I'm excited for everyone to see the swag. Like beach yeah. themed? You know? Is it going to be beach themed? Like we're mm-hmm. talking MoGraph flip flops, uh, <laughs> no. banana hammocks. No, no. <laughs> yeah, just for you, EJ. Just yeah. for you. Some speedo, you the, yeah, MoGraph uh, speedos. The flip flops <laughs> would be difficult. Have to yeah. get a lot of different sizes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, yeah, I mean, you do this small, medium, large. Yeah, Never know how much can, you need uh, of each. Is you know? SOL? You can't go yeah. by t-shirt size, you know. Yeah, that's true. I still don't see Mogra glasses. Got to have sunglasses. <laughs> oh darn it! I hit play, but it didn't do anything. It's oh. because I closed down my app before it did oh, that. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, uh, do you want to? Uh, oh boy! Now, now it's all loud. Yeah, now you're now you're not playing MoGraph TV. You're just playing the show. Well, it's the, so no, I'm not. I'm playing MoGraph TV. Oh, it is. Yeah, you sure. The it's show the plays. Thing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> sponsors. You should talk about sponsors. Yeah, let's talk about the sponsors. Uh, first off, a uh, big shout out to Otoy, um, our global sponsor for camp. They are presenting Camp MoGraph. We're super excited to have them on board. Then we've got our two village sponsors, Maxon and Video Copilot. You will be staying in one of the two villages in camp. And our gold sponsor, Grayscale Gorilla. Super excited to have them on board as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for camp. Yeah. And uh, it's coming up fast. Oh, oh Seagraph's gonna, be, gonna here. be here. Next thing you know, Seagraph's gonna be done, and then that you're gonna go to camp. Yep. Yeah. They got half res. Isn't half res right before? Half res half is res the weekend before. before. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, going that Friday before. We'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be there too. Yeah, cool. That's, that's gonna be fun. Yep. Yeah. Um, and next week, uh, Chris Theron is gonna be on the show. Yeah. Who was the winner of the was called In- Infinite Journeys. Infinite uh, Journeys, yeah. Podishers contest, and uh, mm-hmm. so he won the the ticket to Camp MoGraph. So yeah. we're going to be talking. He did an amazing presentation on 3D Motion so Show good. last week. It was so really good. good. His yeah. production yeah, that one was really was, dope. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty sick with it. Yeah, chef's kiss on the production value. That wasn't mm-hmm. his real room either. That was green screen he was in. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, these Unreal people with their presentations making games out of presentation like Grin Kim and right oh man right? that one was so good that was yeah. really good yeah 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 making me look bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had to go on after him I had to go on after him at NAB I'm like well 
do, do I have to do this now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're literally, literally doing the same presentation. He was showing how to do a forest scene in Unreal, and it looked badass, and it was in real time. And then I go up, I'm like, so I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to do it in Redshift. <laughs> and well, then that's I, I was slow, trying to figure out what you're going to talk about. crashes, so and I'm just Keep like... Keep it going. <clears throat> yeah. So whatever scene you're making now, I'm going to make on the fly right after you. Yeah, like you seen, seen EJ up here crashing everything. Now watch me. For now. <laughs> well, now I have to do some dynamics and stuff. Stuff you can't really do that fast and unreal, if at all. Ah, uh, yeah, you can actually. Mm, yeah, you can. You can? Yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah, you can. I leave you to it though. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you just haven't. You just haven't done enough tutorials. See. Tutorials. More Windbush tutorials. <laughs> and uh, speaking of which, RTX on is out. It is out yeah. now. Uh, you can uh, de- you can buy and download your version today on MoGraph.com. Uh, this is Brandon Clement's new course on ray tracing in Unreal. It's UE4 and UE5, and he's uh, he's got some UE5 stuff in there. He's also doing some UE5 updates as they come in. Here's the thing. Like, whenever... <coughs> uh, Whenever they come out with a new version of Unreal, there's always a lot of stuff in beta. I'm sure you know Windbush. Like UE5, yeah. it, like even the beta was changing constantly, and now that it's out, it's still changing. Like even ray tracing is still technically in beta. I think. If I'm not um, mistaken, kind of. of it's a combination stuff. between ray tracing and Lumen because ray right. tracing is still strictly Nvidia, but Lumen is Nvidia and AMD because right. of the game consoles. So there's, yeah, it, it's a lot of stuff going on there but yeah it's always updating always evolving so yeah tough to keep up with the thing about ray tracing is that like everybody's like oh get unreal it's real time you real time render real time render and then you start stacking stuff on and you make it look nicer and you do those dynamics and you add all this stuff and all of a sudden you know you're you're back to three minutes of frame you're like wait a minute yep so that's what this course is for it's to teach you why things slow down your render why things you know it's about optimizing your viewport making it as fast as possible so you can do stuff in real time so it's Uh all real-time ray tracing stuff so make sure you check that out we're going to work on a you know one of those specials where we do a little bit of uh unreal digging and talk about the course and the behind the scenes and all of that pretty soon so that'll be fun and also uh winbush we're uh trying to get another episode or special or something together with you and rev and Mixmaster mike mm. uh, to talk a little bit that'll be fun because y'all been working with him a lot lately so we're gonna do that here pretty soon probably yep. after we get back from camp and all the things just because mm-hmm. it's a madhouse but um, Seagraph, uh, does anybody know anything going on during Seagraph? This is like one, an event that I, uh, it's like we're no. going. I don't know what what events are going on. Is anything? I don't happening? even know who's going to be there besides you guys. Like I've been mm-hmm. trying to figure out the artists that are going to be there, but yeah, it's been pretty tight lipped so far. I know yeah. Chris Schmidt will be there. I don't I know anyone okay. else. It'll be you, me, and Chris Schmidt for all I know. There we go. So we're just going to present every day. Will Nose Man be there? <laughs> it's going to be S3. I don't What's know that? if Nose Man will, will be there. Will Nose Man will be there? I mean, he is in Canada. He's in Canada, but he's in I'll Toronto. I'll have to hit him up. I've been meaning yeah. to hit him up. I know. I haven't seen him in forever, and it's 
I think the thing about Seagraph is like this is the first Seagraph back, just like NAB. We really mm-hmm. it's kind of the unknown. We don't know who's going. We don't know what's going to be like. What the crowd's going to be like. And yeah, you know, then with a lot of <laughs> and us we all came States, home with COVID after NAB. Right. So you know, well, everyone but cautious. Windbush somehow yeah. we didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, I got it in New York though. NFT NYC, it finally got mm-hmm. me. So yeah, yeah. I got yeah. it. I got Buffalo, boosted though. So I guess that's Something my booster new. shot. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So I should be good for Vancouver now. Yeah. Right. It's just the hard part about trying to get across the border and stuff now. And it's like the first time. Oh, my goodness. You know. I just yeah. went to Europe, like three, four different countries. I didn't have to show my vaccine card. I didn't have to show anything. Yeah. And then with Canada, you have to download this app. You got to fill all this stuff. You mm-hmm. got to say what day. You have to put down what days you got your vaccine. When you get the second one. When you get the booster. Have you had COVID? When did you have that? What's this? What's that? And I'm like, Canada, do you want people to come visit you or you not? You had to do that uh, uh, in Hawaii up until recently. Really? Too. All that? Yeah, when I went, I had to mm-hmm. I had to do all of that. Yeah. Jeez. It's a little, it's a little much. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We yeah. wouldn't have said that two years ago. That's true. No. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, let's go, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I just went to. I went to everywhere in Europe, and no one cared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's what do they call it now? It's not a pandemic anymore. It's a uh, endemic. 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 Just dealing with it. Just but now dealing you got with the- it. Yeah, now we got monkeypox going monkey around pox. over here, right? In yeah. Southern California, at least. Yeah. Bring it uh, on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got some, uh, sigh. Got all the immunities. <laughs> yeah. I think we've had to live through a lot more than we should have had to live through in our lifetime at this so, point. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of Seagraph, this will actually be the first Seagraph in vancouver that i've gone to so what uh, how can i what really? what's uh what's different from mm. like the la one and yeah vancouver is awesome well man yeah. i love vancouver like that place is just such a cool city you know and like the at least working the booth you know in comparison to la like the people there are just so much cooler yeah. you know and well, a it's lot nicer, nicer. Canadian, right mm-hmm. right you know, they don't yeah. have that angry LA attitude. You can punch them in the face and they apologize to you for it. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry. Sorry, my face, my sorry, face my got face the way of your face. <laughs> <laughs> With the show floor, though, is it bigger? Because, like, I know in LA, it seems like SIGGRAPH's been getting smaller and smaller. I, like in I, Vancouver, I have it's a pretty feeling small, it's yeah. going to be pretty small. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've heard that, you know, SIGGRAPH, they didn't. They they made a few enemies, you know, yeah, through the whole right. pandemic and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I heard that too. But the the people there are great. Like they've got free coffee on the floor at all times. Yeah. They come by and make sure that you know you don't have anybody stepping on your frequencies with your wireless. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anywhere else. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's really cool of them. Um. So, I, AJ, have you been to Vancouver at all? Like in general? Have yeah. You been- yeah, I've been to Vancouver a couple times for Blend, and so I've, I've I've checked out the town and definitely agree that Vancouver is a cool city. The funny thing is that I'm I'm, I'm remembering back to 2019 when the the 3D Motion show was happening and we had our date there, and so uh, you know I'm just tooling around with Matthias, and you know 
we traveled all throughout the U.S. and da da da, and then we go to Vancouver, and it's like, oh, we'll just Uber everywhere, right? Because you know, we we'll meet with people. Mm-hmm. There at in 2019, fall of 2019, there was no Uber allowed, so you had to right. hail cabs That's like right. an yeah. idiot and yeah. like stand there with your hand out forever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, this is yeah. why mm-hmm. screw cab companies because cabs suck. And yeah. they would just skip you over if they wanted to. Like, I remember just, that now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. yeah. I wonder if a bunch of that's cabs. changed. Probably. I remember not. Oh, when we were in when we were in Vancouver for Last Sigraph. I remember like we all went to this club or something that I think Adobe was holding. Oh no, it, it was, was just, uh, AMD, wasn't it? The AMD party, uh, something like that. I don't or know. Nvidia party. But One we get two. there and it's like there's loud music and people are dancing, and I'm yeah. like, this is not my scene. I'm I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I walked in and I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm gonna leave. Yeah, so. I did the same thing. Chad, I think Chad Ashley was with me, and we looked at each other like, mm, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. I need a quiet place that I can talk about motion graphics at. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. I thought it was going to be a good place to meet people at whatever uh, yeah. company that was, NVIDIA or AMD, and it was like, you get a free drink. All right. Well, we went in and got a free drink, and then it was just so loud, we just left. So. Yeah. Um, there's there's some fun stuff to do there. I mean, the weather is going to be great, especially compared yeah. to Texas. But mm-hmm. um, looking forward to that. And it used to be that people would go up there, you know, because of the they would enjoy the weed the weed the, culture, the recreations. Yes, the recreations. And the thing is, now you know most or half the cities in the states have that, so it's not as much of a novelty as it was. Oh, you just go yeah. up to Canada and smoke weed. Go get yourself some Tylenol four up there. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? That's yeah. one better than the than Tylenol three. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. The newest <laughs> version. Yeah. yeah. Have they got <clears throat> nodes in it now? <laughs> oh uh, man, what happened to my bell? Oh, your bell. There, oh, I got it what a you. piece of crap. Did it break? <laughs> it's my Disney bell. It's my Hollywood ha- Tower. Oh, what a piece of crap. <laughs> what happened to your other bell? Wow, you spent fifty dollars um, on a bell that doesn't even work. That's Man, what a weak bell. What a weak bell, I know. Man. I, I guarantee you my kids did something. They messed <laughs> up everything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh tell us what y'all been up to. I feel like we haven't chatted in a while and, and just everything changes every five minutes in this industry now, so Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? And y'all are doing something together, right? <laughs> Silent all <Yeah>. S26. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'll give you a bell for that one, too. I'll give you my crappy bell, too. Just remember not to update. Don't update your drivers for that Tylenol. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, so uh, Winbush and I have been, well, you know how Winbush is. He's always like. You gotta Always learn on real. You should learn on real. Mm-hmm. Winbush, what up? Yeah, learn on real. Learn I'm just like, <laughs> you guys, you guys come to me for it. I figure out my business, right? So, <laughs> so we had this thing where, um, so going back to uh, NAB, and you know, I did my Redshift presentation on how to build a forest, and I'm using all this MegaScan Quixel stuff, and. Uh, I was just curious. I was like, you know, Wimbush, you got to show me how this could be done inside of uh, inside of Unreal because it seems like it's just you know using Legos 
from all the mega scan stuff like how hard mm-hmm. could that be and it just seems like a good first project to uh ding in the bell now sorry i was testing it out Just trying to <laughs> <laughs> it's like the bell when it's like okay you've been talking too long yeah. <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up. um and and so we we had this idea where we could do like some kind of contest where you know there's so many people that want to learn unreal but they just don't have an excuse or don't know what to work on and you know i was like that that that's why i've never learned unreal because i'm just like i don't know what i would do in it um I mean, you so we took my course but we won't we won't talk about <laughs> that fine. you know <laughs> well, which you can get on mograph.com slash classes i want active learning not passive learning um yeah. so i said uh you know we should do this thing where you show me how to make this on unreal and then it blew to this whole thing where it's like, oh, we should do this contest because, you know, you were just mentioning Punisher and Clint uh, mm-hmm. does these awesome tests and uh, has a ton of people enter them. And Eight just think million like a, people entering somehow. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's, but it's incredible motivation, right? So we figured we, we would uh, team up and we'd just do something where, like, Winbush is teaching me Unreal and then I get my feet wet and that hopefully people will see me doing it and get inspired because like i'm not the most technical person in the world and it's very hard to learn new things but um (laughs) there's actually a tutorial that i just wrapped up editing and it should come out tomorrow where it's basically this it's like a two-hour visual (laughs) podcast kind of thing (laughs) where it's it's a tutorial but it's also a visual podcast where it's basically me and winbush just chatting and he's walking me through how to build the scene, the forest scene inside of Unreal. And the whole time I'm like, oh, so like, I know they have this thing in Cinema 4D, do they have that in Unreal? And when we are like, oh yeah, it's this right here. And I'm like, oh wow, it's cool. See, that's, but it, that's, yeah. that's great to have. That's you know? the way to Especially do it. Especially a tutorial where an experienced person is asking questions, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that's valuable information, I think. Or if I'm not yeah. like, what, what, what was that thing again? Like, why do you have to do that? Because there are, mm-hmm. You know, just like with any software, there's some quirks, you know, of like yeah. nuances. Yeah. 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 It was like, yeah, in Cinema 4D, it's kind of weird, but yeah, you got to make sure you do this first so it works. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, uh, uh, priorities. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird, but yeah, it's something you have to be aware of. And, you know, right. everything, their quirks. Um, but yeah, then uh, we got some. Uh, so yeah that tutorial is hopefully coming out tomorrow and yeah it's it's this conversation about unreal and you know this is where winbush has been great where you know he's been banging the drum for years now and i'm slowly yeah. i mean we just saw uh, already been chewed is hiring uh, unreal artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to work like at brandon uh, clements yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah. um so you're just starting to see it more and more and uh, with the new Unreal update, like Winbush kind of showed the old interface with the new one, and it's pretty incredible what you can do in it. There, uh, I mean, once you start building stuff, and then everything's just kind of playing, and you look in the sky, and the clouds are animating, and it's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're just like, holy cow! Yeah. Um, but we got some pretty uh, dope sponsors as well, and Winbush. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, we um, so we've been adding more sponsors to the contest as well. Like I think it's been out for two weeks now, and then it ends on September first. But 
the original three sponsors we had um leia which makes holographic tablets called the loom pad and so mm. i've actually covered them on my youtube channel mm. um i did a mandalorian project and then i brought it into the tablet and mm-hmm. made it all holographic and stuff like that and so they gave us one to give away for third place um second place they're going to get a year subscription of max on one so that's everything awesome. from the cinema nice. 40z brush the red Ooh. giant sweep you know all that good stuff in there and then first place is going to be brought to you by puget systems they're actually giving Ooh. us a 3090 to give away as a top prize which Ooh, i don't even have nice. a 3090 so <laughs> can't like, find those somehow they're the yeah, only people that can find those what's up with that Wait, what's their secret is it still hard to get uh, like, if super you, expensive on ebay and all that no mm-hmm. no well they're actually they're below msrp on ebay right now oh really like, like if you're ones buying used ones, ones you can get them for about a thousand dollars but you still can't go to Best Buy and buy one, can you? No. I think once mm-hmm. the 3090 Ti came out, they stopped, like, uh, updating the 3090s, you know? Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's like, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try and build a new system maybe, like, beginning of next year. I'm trying to plan mm-hmm. ahead a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, I really want to just go all out and just do a crazy, crazy system next time I build one, you know? So do you think the 40 series will be out by then? Because that's what I've been... Because I was going to get 3090 Ti, but I'm like, I keep hearing rumblings about the 40 series. I mean, I think they already announced it, didn't they? When everybody says, like, you know, I'm going to wait for the next one, you got to keep in mind... If they're going to announce the next one, like, next year, it'll take, like, a year before you can get your hands on one. You know, it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. take that into consideration. Um, I'll be lucky I mean, if I just get 3090s. You know. Yeah, that's true. There's Puget, Puget people with their secret 3090 sauce. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. But, yeah, I got a... Yeah. They built... Uh, so, I did a whole article on it on School of Motion, but I think it was... Um, uh, last last January or something, I finally took the jump in the PC land and mm-hmm. got off my 2013 trash can Mac Pro. Mm, right. Um. So they, yeah, they helped me out with everything, and I'm like such a PC noob. Like I'm not like you guys, where like you know how to build stuff and you like doing that. I'm just like, can you get me a computer that I can turn on and it just works? You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So Puget was PC great designing now. the system for me, and um. Yeah. They only I mean, been, they, there was a shortage of the 3090s, so I can only get the one. So I had to find the other uh, on my own. But um, just one 3090, like a poor person, <laughs> goddamn homeless person. <laughs> Say, Pugin's good for that type of stuff, though. Like I've always built my own computer my whole life. Like I've always enjoyed it. But the older I get, I'm just like I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I a couple years ago I had a system built by Main Gear which was dope um, I've had a Zydex system built um, hopefully something with Pugent on my next one and I just feel like I'm at that point to where I just want to make sure that I'm covered you know so yeah, it's like once you sense. build it through this company it's like if something does go wrong mm-hmm. then it's covered rather than me frying right. stuff and then running down to fry well i guess fries is closed now but whatever Sadly. the pc store is and yeah try to get du- duplicates and stuff like that but the thing I'll about building what, the system i, I have oh, been this close to uh like literally last week and then again today before the show i was this close to uh, buying the new mac studio i want one so bad but Can't they're like right waiting for the mac pro man well you can the thing is, you just won't get them until October. August. You know, 
well, August, August 16th. if you want one of the cheaper ones, I want one of the, you oh. know. Wait, they have Google a date Ultra. that they're announcing a Mac Pro? No, 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 no. no because the studio. The, yeah, oh. the Mac Studio is, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just the supply stream is backed up so much, you mm. know, that the soonest I could get, like, I want to do the, the M1 Ultra and with uh, 128 gigs of unified RAM and... Uh, no, there's they don't do the M2 yet. You know, you should wait for the M2. See, but I think they're gonna skip the M2 on that, or maybe they'll do it next year. It's like, mm. it's like that's the one thing with Mac. It's like okay, they're gonna update everything almost every year or something like that. So, like oh, unless you buy it like the day of, you know, you're you're still right. you're always gonna be behind or something like that. You know, it's like oh, maybe I'll just wait. You know, ABC like, always be behind. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, but you know, playing around with those at NAB, those things are are nice, you know. So Yeah, I remember we're doing uh comparisons with like the new dynamics and just the mm-hmm. viewport speed and render and it was like very comparable. I don't know what the other PC was, what it had. Mm-hmm. You know what Which it had? Which one? Yeah. Was the, it the one on in the back of the booth? Was it the one with the Wacom tablet or was it the the other one? Because if the presentation if was the, machine was the studio, right? The presentation. Well, yeah, we had three studios there. Oh, there was one. We're all the same. The well, how come we can't get yeah, a hold yeah. of one now? Where were those from? Because we're the, we're having Apple, a hard time getting one for Seagraph. Apple gave them directly to them. Oh, yeah. Just oh, have okay. them talk to Apple. That's what we one. should do. Yeah, but That's apparently exactly what they should do. you can run Redshift on a Mac Mini. It's just oh, not going to be as fast as what I found. Right. So we have a Mac Mini, and I think we're going to run with that for for Seagraph because we can't get yeah. the studio right now. But um, when it comes to PCs, though, I still like building my own because if I'm having trouble with something, I like to be able to upgrade the components mm-hmm. myself Same. and all of that. And like I, I usually upgrade when, once I run into an issue, right? Like if I hit a wall on something. And like right mm-hmm. now, I did this project this weekend and I was really hitting a wall. And the the problem becomes like when you can't figure out what is causing a problem in a project. Like I upgraded to Octane, the new version, the newest version of Octane, and a lot of my problems went away, you know? And I knew that would happen because I was sitting there griping about it, but I couldn't upgrade. As soon as yeah. I upgraded, I got my cinema upgraded, I got Octane, I have like way less crashes, way more stable now, but I'm still ha- I'm still running into crashes caused by like my projects just being crazy heavy, even when I'm trying yeah. to make them light. You know, it's a lot of texture stuff you're trying to do 4K, now Megascans does 8K, so if it's something that's gonna be very close up or something, you know, I'll do 8K textures and displacement, and all of a sudden I've got like all these polys. By the way, um, the the remesher, the Z mm-hmm. remesher, holy crap, no it's just joke. so good. It awesome. is just yeah. so good. So good. Like, you know, I the the way that I go about doing just like personal projects and things, I just kind of block things out, right? Like I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'll block out a scene and just put some shapes in and kind of like start going. And so, the other day, um, yesterday, I was building this this little engine thing, and I'm using volumes, and you know how that gets, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're using volumes, and it's you're doing smoothing, and all of a sudden you have eight thousand million <laughs> quadrillion polys and. You know, you're like, I got to get this. I got to fix this. Man, I, I put on uh, 
that Z remesher on top of it when I was done building it, and it was so gorgeous. I mean, just mm-hmm. like as if I would have, you know, taken make it look great you know, eleven and <laughs> yep. like gone through the process and be, like, what's the point in knowing how to model anymore? Just use this. Um, yeah. Freaking beautiful! I just well, I mean, major. Props. I mean, that's the thing too, where it's like, <clears throat> and this is something I always say in in our modeling lessons in my school motion classes. It's like you don't have to be a pro at modeling. Like a lot of the most the busiest artists that are or 3d artists that are getting all these jobs and stuff they don't know how to model david area doesn't know how to model no way and he's doing just fine you know like there's all these yeah. artists that are and i would always say like whether you use volume builder or you just cobble different shapes together and you don't build them as one mesh it's like it doesn't matter like you're using bools so it doesn't like the client doesn't give a crap about the underlying topology. Does it look good? That's all that matters. So yeah. I mean that's even more true now with the zero measure because now mm-hmm. you can do stuff with volume builder and it's so much more flexible. Unless you're you're rigging something, you know, that might yeah. be a little bit of a pain in the butt, but Yeah. The UVs still could be an issue. UVs you know, are always yeah. a pain. Try planer. Yeah. Throw it on cubic. Win. Yeah. Unless you want to animate it in Octane, yeah. then you have That's an true. issue. Well, then it's triplanar, right? Does that stick? Triforce? It does. Yeah. <laughs> Just triforce everything. Is that is that a specifically Octane thing with the cubic that it doesn't stick to the UVs, or is that just across the board? I think it's only if you put Cinema 4D into cubic. Hmm. Like, uh, like on the material tag, yeah. Versus but all you like going d- into box, right? You know, but all you got to do is yeah. just you know bake your you know bake right click and bake the UVs or whatever the generate UVs and then you're good and you're good to go mm-hmm. again. So um, we're gonna have a UV yeah. unwrapping class. Oh man, no thank you. <laughs> no, thank yeah. You. I didn't. You don't have to teach it. You just find someone smart. <laughs> Somebody should I make mean, wrapping paper. Painter does auto UV unwrap. Wrapping paper with the like the UV grid. That'd yeah, be, UV that'd wrapping be paper. Yeah. You know, the, oh, that's a good idea. Like the, that yeah. that should be a MoGraph swag. Oh, yeah, I like there it. You go. A shirt, a shirt that's a UV unwrap. That'd be a good one. <laughs> yes, just a big yeah. grid. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so anything more? Uh, tell us more about the contest. Any anything yes. else? What's, uh, yeah. where, what's we, the deets? Um, where we need to go to do well, this? We Am I eligible? Had, we had Sorry. Epic Games as a sponsor. They came on board. So Epic Games is officially sponsored now, and they're giving us $1,000 worth of marketplace credits to give away. So awesome. we're going to try nice. to figure out how to distribute that, whether we get first place all 1000 or if we divvy it up you know, between first through third. And then the last sponsor we just had come on board the other day, um, Jorn over at the Pixel Labs. He's going to give us a few packs over there that we can give away through first and third. So, yeah, there's a lot of cool sponsors and a lot of good incentives to at least jump in and give it a try because you just never know. But if you go to either my YouTube channel or EJ's YouTube channel, we both put the announcement trailer up there. And then... um, Last week for What Up Wednesday, we we attempted to do a live stream. I had to, I should have hit you up first, Dave. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing, but um, you should you know, have seen the it, awesome transitions we had going. Yeah, I, I did get a transition to work. So, <laughs> but and then we, um, moving a window out of the way. 
<laughs> yeah, so as we're, as I'm moving through Windows, I'm like manually like moving everything in OBS to try to <laughs> make it work. But um, it's still a good time though. So yeah. we did a live stream answering questions, and I'm going to try to do that on Wednesdays just for um people that are jumping into the contest that might have questions on you know their entries or stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, I would just say go to either of our YouTube channels to catch that announcement trailer, and all the details are are in there for you guys. Now, when it comes to Unreal, I I know why you would want to use Unreal if you haven't like if you're just getting into motion graphics, like you know, you might want to choose like what platform am I going to be on? You know, what what programs am I going to use? You know, what do because you got to learn something. You got you you want to learn something well, mm-hmm. right? The reason that I don't hop yep. into Blender is because I don't have a reason to hop into Blender. I'm not going right. to go over to Blender just to do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And but I'm did you know it's you know, free. Oh, it's that's why. What? What? <laughs> Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and, of course, Octane. But I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs, and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. I mean, I would tell if there's a person that's new to the industry, I would definitely say learn a DCC before jumping into anything real time, whether it's Unreal Mm -hmm. Unity, because the background that you learn, you know, whether it's like Cinema 4D, Maya, um, like I started off with like XSI back in the day, it's like those 3D fundamentals will carry over Mm -hmm. into once you get ready for real time. Plus, it's like those programs, they're, they're at game engines. They're not modeling programs. And so you're still going to have to build your assets inside right. of DCCs unless you're just 100% kit fashion, you know, with like the mega scans right. or you're buying, you know, packs and you're just kind of placing stuff in. If you want to do anything custom, usually you start off in your DCC and then you bring the stuff over to, you know, either Unity or Unreal. XSI, yeah. uh, that's Soft Image, right? That's what I was trying to think Soft of the other Dimash, day. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great until Autodesk bought them out and then just killed them. They kind of gutted what they liked from it, threw it in Maya, and called it a day. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard to know what to use, but, I mean, for me, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I messed with Unreal, you know, but, like, I've never, still never had a, a client come to me and I'm, and be like, we need this thing. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Let me do that in Unreal. Like, I just, I have not found that reason yet you know um, i mean for me like i mean i've been doing motion graphics professionally since like 06 right and so like you know i started off with standard render um moved on to physical render when that came out um there's like brazil render like you know every single year it's like everybody was trying to chase to make their renders faster and faster and then you know octane drop with gpu rendering everybody went crazy over that and it kind of felt like we were always chasing that dragon of being able to render our stuff faster and especially Mm -hmm. once like i started my own studio i work out of my home office here i've been doing it for 10 years and so i used to have multiple you know pc set up render farm whether i'm running octane or redshift and it became expensive because i'm always chasing gpus and um yeah it was just crazy because i couldn't use render farms right because a lot of ips that i work with they want me to keep everything local so that was always kind of my 
my um thing there and so I was always trying to figure out like this doesn't make sense like I need to be able to be able to self-sufficiently get this stuff to the clients because I would render you know for hours and then the next day either my render would crash overnight or the client would come back in the morning like hey we want to change this this and this and it's just like well damn I spent 12 hours rendering this and now you guys want to change it up on me so it was one of those things especially when I worked at Warner Brothers, I was um, doing some stuff with WB Games. So, like, I worked mm-hmm. on it was Lego Harry Potter was the first game that I worked on. This is like Xbox 360, PS3 era. And the one thing that always stuck in my head was like, we had developer kits for Xbox 360, right? And so, what we would do instead of like, because we had access to all the models and everything, but instead of trying to like animate everything in cinema and wait for renders, we would take the actual game console and go into like god mode and we would animate everything within the xbox and so like i would bring my son down to the studio a lot he would be physically playing through the game like the director was telling him like hey go over here do this go over there do that and on the second xbox controller i would be controlling the camera so it's almost like we had like a little studio set up within Mm -hmm. the game console and the whole time i'm just thinking like holy crap like we're able to do this in real time in the game console, but if I would have did the same thing in cinema, it would have been a week's worth of rendering. So my head was just always kind of always looking at game engines and like, how can I utilize this for what we do to kind of speed up the process with everything? Yeah, and I know like Jags uses it a lot for clients and stuff too. You know, same kind of thing because of that same reason. And, like, you know, clients come back and they have, like, a bunch of stuff they want changed. But I don't know. Like, for me, there's there's ways to mitigate that. Like, you know, making sure that you get sign-offs and you do low-res renders. And I know stuff comes up and you got to re-render and stuff sometimes. Yeah. um, but for me, I just haven't had it come up. I, I feel like Jags is kind of one of those people who's in the middle because he came from an Unreal background. You know, but but you're right. You still have to pick something to model in. Um, so yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a tool, right? Like I tell, because people always want to kind of. I mean, it was the same thing with render engines, right? People are like, "Oh, you have to use Octane or you have to use Redshift or whatever." And I'm like, "No, you use whatever calls for that situation." So it's the same thing here. Like, I still use Redshift for some projects. Depend, like I, I still do like movie trailer work, and it doesn't make sense to bring that work into Unreal. And yeah. so it's like right. I'll do everything in cinema, render it out, and then do compositing and After Effects. And I try to tell people like, at the end of the day, the client doesn't care what you're using unless they want the project files. But most of the time, they just care about what the end product um, looks like. So whether I'm using Redshift or I'm using Unreal, like I pretty much just kind of dictated to whatever I think the project calls for and kind of make that call at the end of the day. So yeah, I would tell people don't get so strung up on you have to show alliance to this, that, or a third because you never know. These programs could go away. Like it happened with me with XSI Soft and Maj, yeah. I was all in. The next thing you know, it's gone, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, you want to know enough to to know what you can hop onto, but for me, I really yeah. I really hate anything that gets away in the way of the creative process. And my number one thing that gets in the way of the creative process is crashes. And and it's yeah. just still yeah. crash crash crash. You know, I I had so many problems uh this week with 
crashes related to memory or crashes related to like after effects screwing up it always seems to be a memory thing you know CUDA error because memory or after effects crash because memory and then your whole computer starts flashing and your screens are getting all wanky and like you know you got to restart half your stuff or you, you leave and you come back and your computer's off it's like I hate when you get in that flow state and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really into this. This is great. Like, I love where this project is going. And then just all right. of a sudden, an hour and 30 minutes of troubleshooting in the middle of that. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to bed now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I, I hate that part. So so anything that keeps me fl in the flow state is great. And that's why I'm still a cinema user, because, like, I put in the 10,000 hours, I'm sure, at minimum. So, mm -hmm. so have y'all and like, I mean, Matt, like when Matt and I worked at that place, knocking out logos back in like 2012, 2013, DCC, Dave's computer crashes. That's a good one. That's funny. We're, <laughs> I don't think we, we didn't say yeah, basically in the chat, like we're coming up with like wrong names for DCC now and yeah, everybody's yeah. putting DCC in there. stand for only wrong answers. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like, I like to be in the flow state in cinema because I'm used to it. Matt and I, back in the day, did a billion logos, you know, every day, mm -hmm. doing the same thing every day. But um, once you have that muscle memory, it's great. So when you sit down in something like Unreal, it's really hard to be like, okay, I want to make this thing and uh, let's just go. Because it's going to be every two seconds, the first time you use it anyway, every two seconds it's going to be like, okay, how do I do that? Let me Google this thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do file right. save as. Uh, it's got to compile something. What does that mean? Uh, you know, um, I didn't get to answer this question, but there's actually a question, Winbush, on your course. I think one of the students, new students, asked the other day. And they're like, does compiling always take this long? And and I meant to yeah, answer. Yeah, no, I answered it back. But, oh, you yeah. did? It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> get used well, to it. It's weird because um, I don't know if it has something to do with system specs. I should actually ask somebody from Epic because, like, I've only experienced the like, compiling shaders the very first time I open a version of Unreal. So, like, if it updates, then it's going to do compiling shaders. But then after that, I'm, like, good to go. But other people have also mentioned that it happens every time they open it. So I'm not sure if it's, like, maybe, like, hardware specific or if there's something you need to turn on. That's something I should look up. But, yeah. That, that question does pop up a lot. Yeah. Because I was wondering when I was compiling something, I was like, can you can you not have like a generic like scene file that's already compiled as like ready to go and then you can just duplicate it? Or does it not work that way? You know, I don't, I I don't mean, understand that. Because the second you time you open to. it, it's fine. You know? Yeah, even starting a new project, it, I've never really had to do that. The only time I've had it always compile shaders is when um, I was doing beta testing with Maxon with some of their Cineware plugin and stuff like that. But that was because I was like experimental, so it kept resetting Unreal Engine. But like, you shouldn't have to compile shaders every time you start a new project. It mm -hmm. shouldn't do that. Hmm. I don't know. It might be because I don't do it often enough, and so what happens is I'll you dabble in Unreal probably yeah, yeah. Exactly. every time yeah. I come back to it I'm updating and I probably went into my computer one day and I was like oh I need more room what I need to these delete files? all this yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah um, I got a question for y'all because there's some chat about like Redshift in, in the chat right um, and you know you know I'm not a big Redshift person I you know 
I have a hard time learning new things, and then as soon as I learn the new thing, I'm like, oh, this isn't bad. And so yeah. I did uh, uh, Rich Nosworthy's course on Redshift, and you know, I have a, a decent understanding of it. But what do you all do if you're going to do something in Redshift and you want to render on multiple computers right now? Like, what's, y- what's y'all's solution? Because I don't have a solution for that currently. I know people are going to say deadline, but ugh. I mean, you yeah. have team render built in, right? Will that yeah. work? Like on- yes. Yes. But you need to, yeah. if you do team render, I think you have to have an additional license of Redshift yeah, for do. each computer that you want to use. Really? Yeah. Because that's what oh, I yeah. was going. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I've tried to get Maxon to add nodes because. Um, what uh, about with that- Redshift CPU, though? Is that, I mean, not that you want to be yeah. team rendering with that, but. Why? Is that free? <laughs> yeah. Why? You, you said I mean, Redshift CPU. That should still be. Um, you still need a license for that, right? Because yeah, you still no, no. Redshift CPU is built in. Oh now. no, that's yeah. right. That's right. Oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. Oh, so okay. you shouldn't yeah, need but... another license for that. But I wonder if, because with all the new licensing, you used to need to have a C4D installed on everything, or at least the team render installed mm-hmm. on yep. every computer. Is yep. there a max to that? With this new license, I think it's uh, only ten, know. right? I yeah, think that, ten computers sure. is the amount of like that you can install on Team Render. I could be wrong there. But I agree. I, I mean, that. I haven't done I haven't done Team Render in yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was going to say, what's that? Um, what's that render engine that um, Acidium has? the gp render uh, cycles cycles yeah. yeah so like i bought cycles way back in the day when they first had launched it and they mm-hmm. gave you like four or five render nodes with it yeah so it's like you have one cycles license and then you could put nodes on up to i think like five computers and you mm-hmm. didn't have to buy licensing for that and so yeah. i was um i've hit up maxon several times or not maxon but you know the redshift team has said like mm-hmm. that would kind of make more sense and so mm-hmm. Because whenever I had multiple machines here, I had to buy a license per machine, which, you know, that, that sucks. That because gets expensive. It's like, yeah, right. I wasn't using those machines for work. I was using them strictly for rendering. So that mm-hmm. kind of sucks to keep up with maintenance on that and everything. But if they could do or at least rent out nodes or something, I think that would be a more better solution. Yeah, yeah that's what's, what's frustrating is like, you know, if a client comes and they want Redshift done, you can't, you know, if if you're doing a project for them direct that they're not going to be involved with, like if you're doing B2B, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing a B2B project, some business comes to you and they're like, hey, we need this product thing rendered. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. But when it's a, an agency or it's another company that says, hey, we need help with this, they come to you, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we want some Redshift stuff done. It happened to me mm-hmm. this week. I'm like, cool. Well, my render power isn't as good. Yeah. on Redshift as it is on Octane because it's so easy for me to use. I mean, I love the fact that I can use all my 3090s in the viewport. In the and viewport, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, if you could do that with Redshift. Oh my god. Yeah, I agree. That's what it's, I want. But, you know, I, I will I will give Redshift props because the new versions that have come out with the automatic sampling and stuff like that have made it Chef's well, kiss, subsurf and scattering know. now is so much easier. Yeah, like, yeah. But I was just go. I was interested. I've never, I, like, I've never even thought about rendering on multiple machines just because. Yeah. At school, motion. I don't do a lot of client work that would require that, but hmm. it does include five team render nodes, four C four D. 
Redshift does not include team render nodes. But the funny thing is, is I don't even see, like, where can you buy? You can't buy. Do you just buy? You have to buy. No, you have to buy a full license. A full license. Full license. So the Mm. whatever twenty. What is it? Yeah, an octane. You can twenty-two dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's what I want. Be right back. You could rent a render node on Octane, right? Yeah. yeah, I've done that a few times too. Yeah. Like, just get it for the month. Or yeah, or throw. You stuff can launch multiple instances up to eight GPUs on a single computer. Okay. Yeah. Having yeah. that in the viewport, though, I mean, that's the thing right there. I'm telling you, it's beautiful when you when you can work when you can get in a flow state and just work because you can just see what you're doing. It's so great. I would like that and. Um, I don't know. I I uh, I don't know. I'm I'm such an octane person. We'll see. Well, that's the that's the funny part is before people are like, oh, octane's only good for freelancers and redshifts for teams. But it's like I didn't even think about the team render thing. Like, do people just use render farms or yeah? Are people getting to the, the point part, where yeah. they're yeah? People are just optimizing stuff enough that they're the render times aren't crazy i don't know yeah i mean you can you can always like power up another one but i i don't like actually a lot of people like to do that they'll they'll load like an like team render or another instance of cinema 4d running another version uh with another license you mm. know but yeah yeah uh, Facebook user says, <laughs> "Do they offer a solution to render on a friend's machine remotely?" Yeah, like I, I don't know. That would be kind of cool if you had some sort of a system where it's it's not just like render, but like you could borrow a system somehow by just having a username. You know, kind of like what you know, say you do Parsec or something, right? Like Parsec, right. you can have friends, a friends list on Parsec, and you can give them permission to use your computer that would be really cool hey i'm not using these nodes right now you can borrow my computer that'd be really fun wasn't that like the um isn't render supposed to eventually support redshift as well and other renders other than yeah octane yeah it's supposed to support that and arnold and i don't know what else but yeah is there any eta on when that will happen because i mean that's going to solve the team render thing right there there's no yeah. ETA. Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's an ETA, but yeah. I think they cool. said something near the end of the year, but I, I don't quote me on that. Uh, so speaking of Octane, I, I tweeted last week at some point, like, you know, I, I was going through some old projects because I'm trying to get my Seagraph presentation together. And I'm like, all right, I want to rehash some like old tutorials and the old dynamics and like, how can you do s- same stuff, but with the new dynamics, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my stuff was in Octane. And I was just like, oh, you know, this is nice, you know, playing with Octane again. And then I got to, like, I was like, I want to fix the lighting because, you know, I, last time I lit this scene was four years ago. And I feel like I'm much better at lighting now than four years ago, mm-hmm. which isn't saying much because I was pretty shit back then. Well, but, you took LCR, you know, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just sit next to David enough and just through osmosis, right. osmosis. you learn how to mm-hmm. light better. Um, but then I started like light linking and oh, I just, it's so you know, Dave, good. you say about hitting a wall that 
I Wait. was just like banging my head against the wall with the light linking. Why? Light linking is so much better in it's Octane. It's way better now. Oh, is it's it? so yeah. good. Am I not on the latest update? I don't know. Well, but light There's linking. A, yeah. I'm light still linking. getting the checkboxes next to things. And, yeah. Super well, easy. That sucks. No, it's Wait, so much easier. What do you mean, checkboxes? Like with the one, two, three, mm-hmm. and you uncheck what thing? They yeah, still but the here's same. the thing. Oh no, but yes, it is. But but they've added to it. Now you can invert it. I swear it needs to you be can like this it. by yeah. default. But you. But invert I'm still it. having to like keep track of what's what versus I get the that. include I get exclude that. drop down list. Uh, yeah. kind of. Well, okay. So in one of the latest versions, I want was twenty twenty, I think. You can invert it because that was my biggest problem. I don't well, want that, to, you could always invert yeah. going into the the projects, the octane settings, but yeah, even you, that it's like yeah. okay, now I got to think about what object tag is on which thing and which light number is this, and I'm like, my head's gonna melt out of my ears. Right, you want to be right. able to at least label them and say, okay, version four is this stuff. Uh, yeah, number five, ID five is this, uh, six is this, and. The other thing you can't do is you can't add multiple. You can't say I want you know light ID. Oh, include this and, and this, and then this light, this right. and this. Yeah, mm-hmm. because well, the light only says one number. That's you know, why I'm saying you just need to have mm-hmm. the C. Use the C4D. Right. Include exclude the same exactly. thing Redshift uses. Like it does everything you want, right? Like I haven't had anyone complain about like, oh wow, I hate the native C4D. Uh, oh geez, you've got the you got the <laughs> oh, porn. Everybody gets the, the dang bot chat from. They did. From Luis come all the time. Luis came in the chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Luis came in the chat. It's the same one. We don't even have Luis presenting, and it's coming. Up. I know it happened. Like, They're just really. You just start talking stuff. about light linking and so stupid. Yeah. Things get a little <laughs> spicy. Harassment and bullying. Oh, that's this is harassing me. That's what I'll say. There you go. Oh my gosh! No, but the Good light Lord. linking thing is just—I uh, I don't know what they've updated to, but it's like, I, I like I said, I, I haven't heard anyone. I always get say anything negative by include about and exclude on lights. Yeah, always. It it it's never it never works for me though. Really? Like I always get confused. It's like okay, I've got this light. I want to exclude it from you know this object. I'll drop it in there, and then it's it just doesn't seem to work for me. Well, that could be a hierarchy thing, or oh, see, oh, so now you're talking about extra steps here. No, it's it's, mm. it's that's user error. It sounds like mm. light linking with extra steps. No, yeah, the, it sounds the, like light linking with the, extra steps. Sometimes you want like the base lights to hit something, and you want to add to it, but you only want those things to influence just that object. So you have to figure mm-hmm. out how can I do this backwards. Sometimes you want it one way or the other. It's, it gets confusing, and there's no way to label it. There's no way to combine stuff. I'm sure there's a reason that it's not built that way in, in any of these um, you know, third-party render engines. I'm sure that Ahmed would tell you all the reasons that you're wrong for wanting it yes. to work. He would. But, <laughs> but it would be great. It would be really great to to be able to have more control over that and to just label stuff. You know, yeah. I want to say, uh, I want to go in and I want to say, uh, object ID number four is this, and kind of like you can do. Can you do that with an object buffer? But also, Might be like, the same why with do I? An object buffer. Well, I think that's the the labeling thing is because you have to go through a tag, right? Versus like I'm on object level. 
include exclude on the drop down thing in the object list. But even, so need even so, it's like, okay, this is ID 4. Even if you're doing includes and excludes, sometimes it's hard to keep track of that stuff. Yeah. You know? I know. The number list. of times where it's like, okay, I'll Wait, start at 1. Wait, it's harder to go through one light and see what's in the include, exclude list versus going through all of your object tags and seeing what's what. It's not labeled. No, not harder. I, I'm not saying it's harder. I'm just saying Let's even that Dorby. is still what is Dorby confusing. Let's ask Dorby it's still confusing to go because like you're like okay well where is that thing what is where one is... what is two what is three right. what is four what is it all doing Windbush, yeah. well, how does it work in unreal with light linking i don't even know what you guys are talking does that about exist? <laughs> <laughs> can can you yeah. can you assign lights not to... affect other things like if, and like only like i affect want this light to things. just yeah, pass you... on this and not that yeah so you're excluding that. an object from yeah yeah how does that so... work in unreal I mean, you're basically just going to like your outliner and the attributes and just drag over what you don't want to be affected by that light. So no tags like, required. No, no tags or anything of that nature, no. I just want to be able to label it nicely. Yeah, I want I to say, this is the engine that I created that I modeled and I want this to have whatever. Oh my gosh, oh, these freaking oh things. Oh god. Well, it's because we got five pixels wait, he, he sent the invite. Jag said he was interested, so leave it. Yeah. <laughs> but Jag's probably yeah, like asked Renzo, to come back. Thank you, Renzo. Renzo says Octane mm. Light Linking adds unnecessary steps. Uh, actually, James Fried Pixel said create groups for lights. That that could be a thing. Scenes, like, objects, yeah. environment. Yeah. Scene self organization. Just use some AI. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Use Midjourney to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have some sample problems too sometimes with things like that, and I can't always figure out why it's doing that. Like, like sometimes I feel like if you do light linking, you end up getting sampling issues on certain pieces, and it's like, oh, that, see, that's another weird know. thing about Octane that I had to get used to as well, where samples can be completely weird depending on how many lights are in your scene, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and like it will affect the brightness sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Like that's weird. Yeah, Isn't that weird? it yeah, yeah it affects more the lights affect the brightness is weird. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you're when saying. When you add another light, the intensity of the light that already exists shouldn't change. If it has more samples, it'll be brighter. If, if it has more an include, samples, it'll be exactly. And then yeah. you got important oh. samples. Yeah, I don't mess on with the any sky. Of that. And like, do you click important samples or do you unclick it? Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's the and that's the thing where I'm like, uh, this just makes more sense to me with the things I do, mind you. Mm -hmm. Redshift just works better for what I what I the type of work I I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> that and the like the subsurface scattering like that is just I I still feel like I can never understand what the hell does what Noctane. I get I get what you're saying mm -hmm. on that, but there is a fantastic mm -hmm. tutorial on that. Um, that I will send you because every t I feel like every time I do subsurface scattering, I forget how to do it. You know what You're I mean? Like, which one is like, it? Which one? Yeah, how do I set that to what is it? And, well, because that's yeah. that used to be how it was with Redshift, where you had the extinction and the transmittance or whatever, and depending on what, like and it would be inverse. Yeah. <laughs> and now they just simplified that. To the point where you don't even do that it's just like i think subsurface scattering at least the not the multi-subsurface scattering but the normal subsurface scattering in redshift is like one drop down and like three sliders 
mm-hmm. and then you can get whatever looks you want from that. Mm-hmm. Like that's nice. that's great. I went through this tutorial. I was working on uh, caramel in a candy bar, really trying to lock oh, you that mean in. Caramel, Car- caramel. Uh, no, I say caramel too. Caramel. Yeah. So I I found a great tutorial on it that actually went over like the why and you know it's not just hit these buttons. It's like here's why you're doing it. And I'll have to look it up and find it. I'll, I'll send it to you because, like, I swear I have to learn it again every time I do it because I always forget. But it worked really well. So, mm-hmm. uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what y'all have been doing in the NFT space, if anything, and and how do you feel about NFTs right now? Are we doing a drop or are you just playing it through oh we're just gonna do it yeah we're not doing yeah that. we haven't been doing the drop lately we've just didn't been doing a show <clears throat> yeah. Well, wow. yeah not true believers huh not no <laughs> not, it's, it's not a lot about of FUD. That. It's, a lot of fun happening on the mograt podcast it's <laughs> about you know no one was paying us to advertise their drops, drops and like we're just giving them free advertisement it's it's like yeah and true. then some people hate nfts some people like nfts you know Let's just mm-hmm. keep it at the show. Basically, we we just we will talk about NFT stuff when it comes up, rather than forcing ourselves to look at right. the latest Nifty drops and and find something right. to talk about when there's nothing to talk about that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Dorpy so. does still need to make a. Uh, yeah, uh, are you still doing Dorpy though? Oh, I haven't done Dorpy in months. I should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He needs to that's come back. why. That's why the market tanked. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's all Dorpy's fault. Damn it! Well, <laughs> I will say I was at Sotheby's for NFT NYC. Mm-hmm. How I was did that? some stuff there. It was pretty dope. Um, since it was my first time at Sotheby's, I kind of wanted to switch it up instead of because I'm not I'm not a big shiller. Like I don't know, it's just not my right. vibe. And right. you know, I love doing stuff for people. So instead of trying to sell artwork there, I um, enlisted Method Man to do a free concert at Sotheby's. So this was That's like awesome. the first time ever that a concert was held there like it took a lot of convincing but we made it happen so yeah we threw a free event at Sotheby's with like it's crazy like we had to pull the Picassos down they have like a T-Rex dinosaur that they have up for auction that they had to move in (laughs) yeah it was pretty wild and so since I was staying with Mixmaster Mike in New York um, I had him come out and open for Method Man so Mixmaster Mike came out he performed, then Method Man came up, and yeah, it was a dope night. So That's cool. I thought it was cool for my first time at Sotheby's, you know? Yeah. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with skeleton crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. 
your source for all things indie film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. And the, awesome. the hard part about the NFT industry right now is the fact that, like, it, it's hard to gauge what's real, what's not real, what's going on with the fluctuations, mm-hmm. what is related to the economy in general, and not necessarily NFTs. It's kind of like, I feel like this summer, everybody's just kind of like letting it play out. It's like, where is this going? Yeah. You know, is the economy going mean, to recover? Wish, and, yeah. I wish I were to go back to where it was, like, when I first started. Cause I think. It was around the time like EJ, um, Blake, Shams, a lot of those people, Kid, McGrath were first getting into it. Well, that was like probably winter of 2020 when yeah. I would see those guys post up on Twitter like, hey, I just sold some crypto art. And I'm like, what the heck is crypto art? And, you know, just seeing what they're doing, I mean, it felt a lot more innocent and a lot better back mm-hmm. then. But then it's like once this whole PFP evolution happened, it just seemed like everything just hit the fan and it's definitely not what it was whenever i first came in because i think if you could have kept it at that essence then nfts would be a better place now than you know now everybody thinks it's a scam because a lot of pfp Mm -hmm. projects did scam people you know there's been a lot of really bad product or projects out there that gave the whole space a bad name and i wish there was a way to separate you know like i would say i guess like the one-of-one edition artists from the pfp artists like i wish there was a way to like just kind of split what it is mm-hmm. because when people hear nft they automatically think bored apes or yeah you know, right. whatever else is out there and it, it kills it for everybody that's right. trying to do you know like real nft art i would say yeah yeah it's it's it, a stereotype now oh nfts it, oh yeah. i i see who you are yeah. you know you know yeah. I, I, yeah. It, it's it's i relate it to like weed culture and it's like, mm-hmm. man, I'd be more into like smoking if weed culture wasn't so goddamn stupid, like yeah. weird, <laughs> like just all the same shit. And I was like, that's exactly what happens with NFTs, where it's just like the culture is just so gross anymore. And it's like it's something where I don't even want to like associate with. Like I want, like I'm from the get go. I was like, yes, artists getting more empowered, being inspired to create more, making money. Yes. But it's mm-hmm. like Winbush said, it's not that anymore. It's about PFP and it's about cult like behavior. Right. It's all about, uh, you know, a lot of uh, signaling and like a lot of bro all the time because, oh, my God, if you're not a true a- believer, you're you're yeah. out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and it's like you're either but you either bought into the cult and you're projecting every day or you're like myself or Winbush where you're like still wanting to create art like you're still creating stuff yeah. but I'm not buying into this cult like behavior like right. I never yeah was. and then your stuff will get drowned out by the people that are buying into yeah. that behavior so right. even if you wanted to do a drop right now it's kind of getting flooded out by all the other BS that's out there and I think mm-hmm. that's why I feel like people are waiting for some of this to normalize it's just like there will be a day where we're back how we were before you know where yeah. where you have these are the artists that are out there these are the popular ones oh you want to buy their piece yeah you can do that but it's mm-hmm. not like oh they're a crypto artist it's mm-hmm. like they're right. just an artist it's just, yeah, artist, just, just an artist. artist if you really like them you can own their stuff it's that simple yeah yeah you know? i always just looked at it as another way of buying art because nobody right. had mm-hmm. a problem you know like we'll say people like he was selling prints and everything way before nft so it's like mm-hmm. you're still selling your art it's just in a different form, form. so i never yeah, got right. the hate 
for PR NFTs until I started seeing what was happening with the PFP stuff. And I'm like, okay, now I get why people are so NFT or anti NFT because mm-hmm. all they know is what they're seeing with PFPs. I mean, especially once you had like the big influencers come in, like when you had like Gary V come in mm-hmm. and doing his education and people, if that's their first instance of what nfts are that's what they think it is and yeah, like, it's that's five-year-old why people child are like, drawings i guess yeah <laughs> yeah people are like what's or you know ellen did the same thing she's like oh i drew on a napkin i'm going to sell it as an nft and people are like well this is crap like why would i want to be involved with this and so right yeah. i think once it hit mainstream and a lot of these big time influencers and celebrities and stuff got in and um they kind of just crap all over it with the way that they kind of handled the situation and Uh now we're in the state we're in right now right yeah yeah i think the the fun i think it's just going to be like the dot-com boom where it was like there's a few big websites and that Mm -hmm. was it and now it's like so decentralized not decentralized but it's you don't need to be yeah it's normalized you don't have to sell well it's gonna say you don't have to sell your stuff on amazon but that's maybe that's a bad analogy um Mm -hmm. Like I think it's exciting where we got Brian Coleman in the in the chat here, and he's mm-hmm. like learning how to do some of the like creating your own smart contracts, and like he's got a piece right. that changes depending on the day of the week, and like I think where artists can start thinking outside of the box of just like okay, I made this animation, I'm gonna put it online, and then that's it. Like where things can evolve, like the human one with people. Like I think that's where things start to right. be very cool, and artists can express themselves a lot better than just like a single image or whatever so i think when that becomes accessible like you know people like like when you have the geo cities of this and everyone can create their own (laughs) smart contracts Uh like no matter how shitty they might be like a geo cities page but um, yeah people will always be people and his stuff is always going to be worth something and it's going to be worth something in crypto and not right now be on the blockchain yeah, is it or even that, so it's it's even on the this blockchain. Is like such though. a dumb thing, the dumb aspect of crypto is that because of the market, mm. like I if you like going, yeah. Matt sold his people super freaking high, like the record high. Right, mm-hmm. you sold yours kind of low because the market went low. Mm-hmm. But are you telling me that like people's work, like? Just right. by itself, fluctuated that much in its value. Like, right, it's still worth that much in in USD. Yeah, but well, no, but, it fluctuates be- based on well, based uh, on that. But or or it it could be worth more in US in USD, right? Like if you were to buy a Van Gogh right now, if you look at a Van Gogh, <laughs> it the the numbers are probably relatively flat as far as how much it's been worth over time, right? Now you look at a Beeple piece, you look at his $69 million auction on Christie's, well, what is that worth right now? And why is it worth less only because cryptocurrency is lower? Exactly. It shouldn't Ooh. be. It shouldn't lose its its. You're that, right. They are value, down. You know? <laughs> what are yeah, they at like, right you know, now? Like a Beeple right now, In you fact, could buy... The one I sold for $196,000 is now at $27,000. Oh, man. So are you telling I think me it's, that it's about the demand for it, too. It's what people yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, it's like course. I was a comic book collector forever. Be right back. And um, 
it was basically the same thing there. Like you could have like a Spider-Man number one and you might want $10 million for it. But if no one's willing to pay $10 million for it, then the value is what someone's willing to pay. So it can be valued as something, but if no one's willing to pay that, then you're not going to get what you asked for. So it's the same thing in crypto, you know, people are such short term thinkers. Like people is going to be in your art history books. Like with yeah, your, when your kids take art history, like they're going to read about people and be like, Oh, I know that son of a bitch. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, and plus, and, I mean, his, his work isn't worth 27,000. That might be what somebody listed it as because they're uh-huh. just trying to make uh, their money on it. So that's the other thing I hate about crypto is like, you're like, people can be listed at 200 grand, but if one person lists at 20 grand, that's what it's going to show yep, is right. the value of the piece because it's whatever yep. the lowest amount is on the floor. And so, yeah, it, it gets kind of funky in those regards, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like long-term view on people. Like I, I sold the NFT, but I still got that digital. I still the got physical that physical piece, piece with the signature. And I told Mike, I'm so, I was like, dude, I, I don't care about the NFT thing. Like I, I think in, you know, when I'm ready to retire, I think that little screen with your signature on it's going to be worth more than whatever the hell the NFT thing is. If yeah. like, does that website, does Nifty Gateway even exist in 20 years? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. My concern like, is, is that- with our friends who are like, hey, I'm going to be an NFT artist now. See you later. I'm going to mm-hmm. burn all my bridges. Yeah. I'm not going yeah, to do Yeah, that's the one thing more. I... I didn't do like I kept doing both because I did pretty well in NFTs last year like um you know we did the shows over in China which did really mm-hmm. good um sold on super rare did the sports illustrated drop mixed master mic so I did well but at the same time I wasn't going to cut all my industry um contacts and everything because like I spent a lifetime trying to make it as a traditional motion graphics artist i'm not going to cut everything just for because i think nfts are hot last year or whatever like i never got that mentality like i know people made millions but even if like the if the nft scene let's say like 2021 was the height and it's never going to get back there it's like now what are you going to do for the rest mm-hmm. of your life because right. like you cut all your clients now exactly. you're not you're going to have to kind of rebuild that your nfts aren't selling for 100 grand anymore maybe they're selling like for like five grand or whatever so right it's kind of like you burned all your bridges for no reason and so it's mm-hmm. just like i felt like why not do both you know like why can't you do nfts and industry work and right. i always felt like the higher your value was in the industry the higher your NFT work should be, right? So it's like if you worked on the latest like Marvel movie, you could tell your collectors like, "Hey, I just worked on Thor right. or whatever." It is. Yeah, See, like, oh, that, shit, okay. You and know. you lose your chops too. Like if you're only going to do two pieces a year and sell them for a hundred thousand dollars a piece, it's like when are you, you're not doing dailies anymore. You're not on the box. Yeah. You're not learning anything new. Like mm-hmm. that client work really helps keep your chops up, even though sometimes yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I can respect about people. Even coming out to all the shows, like he came out to the Motion Plus show, and I was like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, I want to keep up with what's going on in the industry. He's like, I know all these yeah. artists are talking about what's the latest and greatest. Like, I want to be involved with the industry. And he still. was in town for and, the Oscars. Well, Don't that let him too. Yeah. I mean, he, still, he came out for NAB too, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah Motion yeah. Plus, we yep. had NAB, and he's still keeping engaged with the community, at least trying to stay engaged with everything. So, yeah, I mean, I respect that more than the people are just like, I'm an NFT artist now. I'm going to do two pieces a year. See you guys later. Right. And then it's yeah. like, 
their two pieces a year look exactly the same as their last two pieces and yeah. there's no evolution in their artwork or anything right mm-hmm. that's the thing how do you keep up how, how do you stay uh re- how do you stay relevant mm-hmm. you know if you're not practicing. i mean mike what is mike i mean i guess mike in his everyday days he's not really using new techniques or whatever but when he does those big old projects like he's definitely applying well he even says you know he makes a point to like learn stuff or or you know every year even he'll say okay this year this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to focus on Mm -hmm. i'm going to do more of this rather than this i'm not going to model anything but i'm going to do more of this type of work because you know, it's something having to do with learning and getting better. Yeah, get better at composition, design, yeah. and yeah, yep, lighting. Yep. Yeah, that's what I've been uh, trying to do with some of my my dailies recently. Is just you know find a constraint or or find um, I don't know like a, a purpose for it for some reason mm-hmm. just to just to get that practice right. because what's the point in I mean if you're going to do some sort of piece and it has like there's an artistic reason you're doing it a certain way, even if it's something you haven't learned before. I understand that. But, like, mm-hmm. what's the point of doing a daily every day if you're just doing the same thing? You know, I see mm-hmm. some TikToks right. and stuff of people like that where every single day they put out a new TikTok and, and it's some sort of uh, some sort of animation they did. But literally, it's the exact same thing with different colors or different mm-hmm. camera angle every day. I'm like, how, how are you going to get any better if you're not doing anything? Yeah, I think it's like, uh, oh sorry yeah yeah but it's like if they're getting all the likes they're just gonna keep yeah. fe- it's like with any of the nft artists like why change it up if i'm making if i'm printing money doing the same shit over and over and over again i don't even know if it's money but uh, because that's the thing you want to play the tiktok algorithm so that you can do something with that you have to sell to an audience. You have to have a call to action. What's the next step? If a million people watch all of my TikToks every day, but I don't have a call to action or any way to monetize on that, what is the point? Well, maybe you're trying to get yeah. those influencer dollars, people, brands knocking down your door. and Well, see, that is that is a, a compensation for it. That makes sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, but I don't see like there's one in particular that I that I follow. I won't say who it is, but it it might as well be the same animation every single day. Matt knows <laughs> who I'm talking about. Yep. And and it's the same thing. And I'm like, how? Like, and it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gaining traction. And like, what is the point of this? You know, you're not making money. Oh, you're so not they're not making... even getting the views or anything. Yeah. It's so just... it's like okay. What's your end game? <laughs> yeah. They. With TikTok algorithm, they tell people like the more frequently you post, the higher the chance you will have of um, mm-hmm. getting an audience. And I guess their algorithm kind of caters towards people that are more frequently posting as to people mm-hmm. that kind of take their time and at least try to make the video look nice. So I can see that being the reason like, hey, we just need to continuously keep pumping out videos because we want to catch one of the algorithm and hopefully pulling the audience rather right. than uh-huh. I want to take my time and create something cool and unique every time and maybe only five people are going to see it each time yeah. I upload it story of my mm-hmm. life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I spent three days working on one this weekend I think I got about you know five views on it so is that the is that the gold skull one <laughs> the gold sky for <laughs> that was funny so on Friday we were sitting on discord and I 
uh, I needed a skull for something, and I just I brought it into C4D, and we were talking about you know NFT skull renders. You know, it's always a gold skull. Trying mm-hmm. talking about how cliche it is, and I'm like, let's see mm-hmm. how fast I can do this. And I made like a render in like ten minutes, and but then I did a, a Instagram reel on it, and it was like only four million ETH by now, by now. <laughs> I forget what I called it. Like rug pull nine thousand was the name. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's super, but it's super cliche though. That's the cliche. That's what people think when they think NFTs. You know. Oh. So how do you get rid of that stigma attached to that? And how do you bring this? It's into just got to become life? a part of everyday life. Yeah. You know, as, as just something. It's got to be the same as someone selling prints. You know, right. an artist selling prints. If you can make it easy to where it's like, okay, here's some work that I've got for sale. If you want to purchase one, you can. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. add it to your yeah. wallet. That makes it that easy. You know. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Once you can get off these main platforms and just have mm-hmm. your own website, and you have it, it's just like you're selling posters on your website, right? Yep. Like then you then you have your own. You've built your brand following just like Grayscale Gorilla or whatever. They got their own store. They're not doing it through crypto.com or whatever. Like, I think that's when, you know, because right now it's like you have these platforms picking the win, like choosing the winners and losers. Like, Uh they are the gatekeepers. And even Uh though NFTs is all about no gatekeepers, that's bullshit. Uh It's all about gatekeepers. Exactly. And it's it's not the, I mean, it's democratizing in the sense of like yes technically anyone can make money but we all know that's not the case like there's a there's a fee to even mint something yeah and if you never sell like good luck getting that money back like you just lost money just putting stuff up for sale so and that's something that market needs to figure out too as far as like you know eth is the main I really enjoyed the days like I never participated, but I enjoyed the days, the early days when Hick and Yuck was around and everyone was pricing their stuff for, you know, small amounts of money or whatever. And you were able Mm -hmm. to trade and sell, you know, the different pieces of art from all your friends and stuff. I I want to see. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see it go back to, you know. And I mean, it's still there. I think the funny part is it's like what killed it is the main guy was like yeah f it i'm done people yeah. too 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 many people commenting on how shitty the website looked which is like <laughs> it's kind of shitty dude like yeah, yeah. but i mean that's the thing where it's like you have like all of these sites are run by these tech bros that if you rub them the wrong way they're just gonna be like f it i'm out right. yeah and now the the new thing of the year is like i'll always think of 2021 like February 2021, 20, the get nifty days when, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it had already been blowing up, but that's when it really like hit. And all mm-hmm. of 2021 was NFTs. And now it feels like 2022 is the year of AI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's uh, 2023 going to be? We're almost there. Their jobs to AI. Monkey pox? Yeah. <laughs> no. Year of Bush. Year of Windbush. Right. I like that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Uh, the year of what up? Well, I would love to yeah. bring photo photogrammetry to the forefront. So that's something that I've mm. been into lately. I think it's yeah. really cool. Photogrammetry and motion capture, I think, have been yeah. my two biggest um, or my two newest hobbies, I guess you could say, because I think that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Especially working with a lot of um, like high, like top tier artists and um, celebrities and stuff. Is like a lot of times they have these 
different things from their performances or you know like artifacts and stuff like that so i'm like it'd be cool to do photogrammetry work to kind of capture this stuff and always have like a direct duplicate of it in 3d rather than trying to like model it Mm -hmm. it's like why not have like the true real life object and you know just photo scan it in 3d so that's been some of the stuff that i've been on lately that's been um consuming a lot of my time just trying to perfect that style you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I talked about it on the show last week doing a little photogrammetry with the app, uh, mm-hmm. Polycam, Polycam, oh, yeah. or whatever. Uh, That's what the, the four door was using. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but not the not the lidar version, the actual photo paid version, because it's just mm-hmm. it's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, and motion capture is getting better. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's still kind of a barrier to entry. You know, you've got cost, and you know you've just got the tech side of it that can be a little wonky no matter what yeah. suit you're using um like isn't it isn't it incredible that a majority of a lot of art that has animated characters in it is all from a Mixed site mo. yeah it's all <laughs> yeah. from Mixmo yeah. that hasn't been updated since yeah i know they need an update on that I like wish that's insane to me. Like everyone's like, still still drawn from that well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I mean I I like Adobe. I know people are over there, but I I wish they didn't buy Mixamo. Like yeah, they've done nothing with it, and they've actually took away from it. Like it used to be better yeah. pre Adobe. You like you could do um quads, so you could do like dogs and horses and stuff mm-hmm. like that with motion capture and. You can actually string out animations all within Mixamo back in the day. Um, everything was game ready because I was doing Unity stuff back then. So you can actually take your characters in Mixamo, bring them directly to Unity, and have them ready to play. So I don't know why Adobe stripped everything out, but it's a lot. It's in a worse state now than it was pre Adobe acquisition. Mm-hmm. I'd love when to I see. When I learned. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, was going to say, when yeah. I learned about, sorry, sorry, <laughs> when I learned about that Mixamo had that feature where you could blend everything entirely in Mixamo, you didn't have to export mm. out separate motion animations clips. and then yeah. use motion tracks in C4D, mm-hmm. I about like flipped my lid. Cause like I don't get why they took that out. Like it was such a valuable feature. Like just yeah. to say like, hey, I want my person to run duck down do a front flip onto another platform and get up and walk away and it's like you just lined everything up exported mm-hmm. it out as one fbx and you just bring it in the cinema and you're good now yeah. it's like we have to play with motion clips and you know line pivots and all this crap mm-hmm. it's just like it was so That's streamlined true. i don't know why adobe took that feature out like Maybe that one Max in particular on. Maxon needs to come in with this. They they need to come up they've with got something some, like that. They've got some motion capture stuff are, in the uh, content yeah. browser, right? Yeah, but yeah, more Mixamo like kind of thing would be easy to use and do yeah. it all in cinema. They, you know, we want to stay in cinema. Much or like, yeah, I mean, have, we want have, an auto rigger in cinema, like Blender. You know, as much as people make fun of it, like they have an auto rigger inside of Blender. So no Blender is free. What? What? Well, it's free until you need to buy the auto rigger. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, but yeah. it's like I would love Maxon to take on Mixamo and add, you know, like the auto rigger is the huge, huge, huge deal. I think that's why everybody uses Mixamo because you can bring in your character in a T pose or A pose and then you can automatically add animations mm-hmm. to them. So I think mm-hmm. that's why we still see all these Mixamo animations being used today strictly because it's easy 
to rig your character because we all right. know like rigging in the traditional sense is a pain that's with, like thing. weight painting and everything yeah everybody hates that everybody hates doing characters and the thing about it is if you want to make a short film you want to make an animation nine times out of ten there's got to be a character in this animation and you don't you see people doing stuff without characters because you know nobody likes doing characters if you yeah. want to do it right. you really got to take that time uh, or in that money to get your own suit and all that, that stuff. Too. Yeah. You know, that's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think we were talking about the, on the show before we started, we were talking a little bit about AI and, and things like mid journey. And, uh, by the way, um, uh, Dolly two apparently is about to open up like a couple million slots. So if you're not mm-hmm. on beta, make sure you get on beta. On that, well, it's all sign up for, right? for the uh, sign up to the waiting list. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think you have to pay for it. I'm sure there's tiers, just like Mid Journey. Mm. Um, right. I'm I'm unfamiliar because I'm just not on it yet. But um, right. we were talking before the show. You know, this is like the year of of AI. But it's like you know, there's of course there's haters. There's people that love it, just like crypto, but. We're talking about the way that people use AI right now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, either to make textures or, but then you'll see somebody who just posts like all of a sudden they've posted like 50 different things they've done on mid journey on their Instagram. And it's like, why are you posting that? Yeah. I mean, some of it looks neat, but like, I I like people that use it. Like I always thought of mid journey be cool for, um, doing like background art for your scene. Cause like you watch like the old star Wars, like, BTS, how they would actually do like traditional map paintings and have that like off in the distance, and that would be like your backdrop. So <laughs> Here it comes. I'm like, it, it'd be cool to do stuff like that with Mid Journey, you know, use it as like your backdrop and stuff, but just like making like a bunch, like 50 keywords, and then, you know, posting it up and saying, look what I made. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not into that. Like, I like seeing people get creative with their tools not just like let their tools be the final end of what they're trying to do right exactly right, right. i don't understand yeah. why i like i've said this last week i've said this a million times but if you're posting uh mid-journey stuff on your instagram first of all make sure that you say this is mid-journey don't try and pass it off as your own thing that's not cool. right um mm-hmm. but then have a reason for it like okay, this mm-hmm. is cool looking, but why? Why and why did you put? Po- Maybe you posted one, but like, why did you post fifty of them? It's not <laughs> your work. Are you using right. it just yeah. to gain traction? Is this a TikTok thing? You're just going to post mid journey stuff until people follow you, and then you'll do your own thing. I just mm-hmm. don't understand why. I, yeah, it looks cool, but you know what are the I uses mean, for it? There is one cool thing um, Don Allen had did. I can't remember if it was mid journey or Dolly. But he used one of the two programs to create a character, like almost like concept art or whatever. And then he took that art and he recreated it in ZBrush. And so it's mm-hmm. like he made like this funky like dinosaur alligator character. I want to say it was Dolly, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, OK, I'm going to use this as my reference for actually making a 3D model for this character that I would have never thought of before or whatever. Right. So he was using it as like a reference for his actual real 3D work, which I thought was really cool. Like that was, that's a cool use of that type of tool, you know? Yeah, that's the way I use it. Um, I've got um, I've got some s- references from my piece I'll bring up here from, from this weekend. And um, so I, I wanted to do a piece. You can see here something from Google Earth, right? 
or from Google Maps or whatever, and like this is a an underpass that I passed by the other day, and I had been wanting to do a certain camera move. I had it in my head, and it's going to go under an overpass thing, and it's going to do something. So this is my starting point. It's just Google, and um, and so then uh, you know I go in Google image search, and I'm like, okay, well here's some other underpasses, but they're just like cool photographs of underpasses. So then I start trying to type stuff in to mid-journey to get some more ideas. And so like this is kind of some of the stuff I came up with. And it's just different variations, but it gets the juices flowing. You know, mm-hmm. this one yeah. in particular here, you can see there's kind of like this curved uh, pillar. And I'm like, okay, I like that idea. Um, I liked the idea of like kind of the wet street. And it's just something to spark your imagination. And, and that's what I like because you know, you can see I started here and making that pillar. Um, yeah. Trying to come up. That's the one of the things I actually Z-remeshed. Um, you know, and and so I start by kind of blocking things out, you know. So I do that. I'm going back and forth to do AI. And then I'm like, okay, uh, I had it set up. I had kind of this, this scene ready to go. But you can see I have a placeholder here for this red missile. I wanted a missile to, like, fly through fly through and uh and hit this vehicle that i was building no i didn't build the vehicle but that i had put in the scene and uh you know i had smoke i had all of this stuff but but i wanted the i wanted the missile to be really cool looking and i kind of had an idea in my head of what it was but i didn't quite know where i wanted to go with it so i started talking to mid journey and Mm -hmm. you know these are some of the things that it, it came up with and that really got me going because i could sit there and um you know variate on one or upscale another and i'm like okay i kind of like this piece i like you know i like what it did with the back of this it reminds me of an engine like a jet engine i was like that's cool i wouldn't have thought of that i would have just made a missile you know right and then i'm looking at other pieces and i I like what they do on the sides as some of the extra components and so i just sat there you know on uh with my live viewer open and start building stuff with the uh that's rad. With the volume yeah, builder. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Kit bashing little pieces, getting, uh, there's, you know, some really great cheap kit bashing stuff you can do uh, that you can buy, especially on, like, art station, these little, like, packs of wires and knobs and things. And, um, you know, in the end, right here, this is basically what I came up with. Throw GSG textures. This kind of painted metal texture with, like, the smudges and stuff is really awesome. And, um got some decals from uh from uh uh, from bridge and and uh put it in there's kind of like the the end result of what it looks like and Mm -hmm. like that to me is a useful way to uh to to take advantage of of ai and in the end let's see if i can bring it up here and in the end, uh, yeah, I really liked where it came up, where where it ended up, and like I don't think that this would have been made without any AI. I just don't, I just don't think that I would have had that little push in the right direction to come mm-hmm. up with the with the idea. Like it, I might have done something similar, but I just don't feel like it would have been as clean, and I don't feel like I would have been as happy with it. Like I, I never feel like I'm happy with my renders, and I feel like lately it has allowed me to come up with more things that I'm happy with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that thing where as a freelancer, when you just work from home, you don't have those other talents and the other eyes 
yeah people and, to and riff perspectives off of. that are in your studio or whatever and i think yeah. that's that's uh, i think that's why i think the most the people that are into it the most may be people who are home stay-at-home freelancers yeah. or whatever um but man you know where this is going though right you know those models that you like are those those images of the thing like they're just going to make mm-hmm. models for right you. So you don't of even course. have to and then we're yeah, gonna have this. Well, th- we're gonna have this discussion where it's, it's like it's already there. Nvidia yeah, it's has, already there now. Yeah, it's Nvidia like, well, has you didn't that AI create modeling that model stuff. yourself, yeah. or AI made it, and like you shouldn't take. Like you were just saying, like you shouldn't take credit when Midjourney made it. You just said it yourself. But there's that line, right? Right. Where it's like, well, no, I did help create it because it was my words, it was my vision, my art direction. So right. at what point is like you're art directing the AI? Well, it's mm-hmm. like saying, "Oh, you didn't create that scene because you bought that. You bought that yeah. tank off of uh, Art Station." Right. It's like Which people so? say, "Yeah, there's the the holier than thou discussion." Right. I mean, that's that happening. happened with NFTs recently, right? When that guy bought that chair from um, yeah. like Turbo Squid and oh, then he right, uploaded yeah. it to Nifty. To it. Yeah, he just took that model and rendered it out and put it up on Nifty, and right. people caught him out on it. Like, dude, you just we did nothing with this model at all but like i don't know i have no problem with kit bashing like i i feel like when you kit bash it's almost like playing with legos and you're mm-hmm. taking these mm-hmm. different objects and you're making it your own like you're not just like you're taking a scene story. from like kit bash and just take like the sample scene and rendering it and saying like hey look what i made when all you did was hit render i feel like when you're kit bashing at least you're putting pieces together and you know manipulating the textures even or you know like doing different things to it and that's why i think whenever um because i was actually looking into like the nvidia modeler tool because that's really interesting mm-hmm. like you're giving it ai prompts and it's making 3d models but well i guess people will do it but i know like for me i would use that 3d model as a part of something i'm building like i probably wouldn't just make you know take the 3d model render it and say like hey look what i made like i would use right. it as a piece inside your set piece there which i think is really powerful especially in studio settings where you know i don't want to say you're taking away jobs from modelers but maybe it's helping giving them like a set off point like hey you have this base model now you can kind of expand on it so it's kind of making their job a little bit easier rather than starting from you know your scratch sphere now you have an actual base that you kind of build from it's like, yeah, oh, you didn't you didn't make that model. It's not real art. Oh, you didn't design your 3D program from scratch mm-hmm. with uh, with machine code. Oh, you're not a real modeler, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, James in the chat, you know, talking about uh, Andy Warhol. They said you didn't make art because he used a machine. That's the thing. It's just tools. That's all it is. It's just tools, mm-hmm. and the soul comes from the artist. That's what it comes down to. The soul doesn't come from AI. Sorry, AI doesn't have a soul. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> it so. will if you play that stray game. That's what stray's all about. Mm-hmm. What's that? What is, is that a, uh, you didn't see that new cat walking simulator oh, game? Oh, right, yes. Like, yeah, so you're like this cat, and um, basically all the humans had disappeared in, like, because they created AI to kind of do, like, all the work and stuff, and over time, the AI evolved into have an actual like thought process like they're doing art and all types of stuff so they kind of replace the humans but it's kind of the same thing you know art our ai started at this one place and it evolved to having 
you know, I guess you would say they have souls, like they have feelings and reactions and stuff like that, which is, mm-hmm. I don't want to give the game away. It's really dope. <laughs> it's better than I thought it was going to be, but yeah. Didn't some guy uh, quit or get on a paid leave or something at Google because he was yeah. like, this AI has a soul or whatever? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we chatted about that with Jules Sorry, a little James. when he was on the show. He, he basically, he tried to say that it had a soul, but... I really still think it's just the way he's perceiving it. I I just don't agree with that. I, I not that it couldn't happen. I just feel like it's too early for that. Don't you? Yeah. No. I mean you never seen short circuits. You know, Johnny Five's alive. <laughs> Johnny Five alive. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, well, I already know. like I already well. I feel like that's just my personality, but I always like inject like that. We were staying at a hotel in San Francisco and you know, when you stay in San Francisco, you got some fancy stuff. So we were staying at the hotel and if uh, you wanted to like, Oh, I, I forgot my toothbrush. You called down to the, you know, the front desk, like, Oh, do you have a toothbrush? So a person doesn't go and deliver it. It's this like robot, robot yeah. that goes and like, excuse me. Cause we're standing, my wife and I were just standing at the, uh, the elevator and this robot comes rumbling up. He's like, "Excuse me, I need to put in my floor. I need to, you know, go." And the arm will come out, and then we all get in the elevator. And it's like, "Excuse me, I'm just gonna go over here." And it's like, and it doesn't look anything like it doesn't have a face, like a cute little robot face. It's just this like, like worse than R two D two, with a little arm that comes out of its head, and you're just like. Oh man, this, this machine is so cool. Little Hello, robot guy, so how cool. is the weather today? Yeah, <laughs> it has a soul. It asked me the weather. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was so funny yeah. because we didn't order the robot; someone else did. So it was it got off at our floor, and it was rumbling down the hallway towards our room, and it was like the guy's room, like down from us, and we were just like peeking out our mm-hmm. out of our doorway just to see what would happen. And so we're being a little creepy, but, but yeah, I just gave the guy a, a toothbrush. Uh, Brian Coleman was talking about J- uh, Dale. Oh man, how do I pronounce that name? Chihuly. Chihuly. Um, yeah, people pay. Guy. Yeah, pay, they pay a hundred k for his glass work, but he doesn't make the art anymore. Now he scribbles stuff on paper, and his minions create it. But he's an art director, though. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like... And you're art directing the AI. Exactly. You're still mm-hmm. art directing. You still have to have a soul. Someone still has to run it, you know? Well, yeah. Was, uh, uh, John Lepore, he did an article for us at, at School of Motion. He did it after I saw his thoughts on Twitter about AI. And he's like, you know, there's no... there. there it's not a mistake that some of the best AR, AI art that you're seeing is coming from artists who are also creating amazing artwork just because you have that that vocabulary you have that vision you have you you can describe things well you have a good eye for design and lighting and you know cinematography terms so it's like three-quarter angle blah blah blah. like you can really get exactly what you want Mm -hmm. and i think that's the that's the thing that made me like kind of internalize that the most where it's like man I don't think I'm the best. Like, if I was an art director, I would not be good at it because I don't have all that vocab. I don't know how to describe things to that 
kind of minutia of the detail that Hmm? I feel like you do no I mean like the vocabulary of like okay we need rim lighting on this like you have to know what all those terms are Mm -hmm. like not just anyone can show up and that's the thing not anyone can just show up and create like cool really cool stuff on mid journey like you can yeah you can see how much mid journey shit looks exactly the same right then you have like thanos who makes something like completely different than anyone else's because he knows how to like he's an amazing right. artist yeah. and he knows the the secret and he knows knowing the different foo. art techniques and stuff and like saying right. in the style of blah 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 and you or, have to know your you know, history too yeah. and all the influences and you know. right yeah yeah it's 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 an art in itself and it's just right now it's more of kind of like a glorified uh, Google image search for your art books. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's really it's all it is. But like a lot more control, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. I like that. I like that idea, yeah. Because I've done the same thing before to get influences from, you know, and, and ideas from Google image search, but it's, it's not bringing up like the stuff that you really that you really have in your head. This gets closer mm-hmm. to what's in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, I'm not anti-AI at all. Like, I'm still really interested in AI motion capture because that's been a thing for the past couple of years. Like, it's pretty rudimentary right now. I can't think of the names off the top of the head um, that are doing it, but it's getting a lot better. Like, I've seen a company that you can even take, like, webcam footage as long as your full body in the video. You upload the footage, and then it sends you an FBX of the motion capture and... Mm-hmm it's pretty good like it's getting to the day that we won't even need the mocap suits even though as cool as they are who wants to keep strapping up in the suit every time you want to just get like a simple animation done so that's where i could see motion capture ai really really you know um being beneficial especially for a lot of artists that can't afford motion capture suits because they are pretty pricey but they are i think once we get there then we're going to see less mixamo dances and more (laughs) custom ai (laughs) mocap dances going on yeah yeah well uh do we have anything else we want to go over uh or talk about today we've we've got almost two hours surprisingly Mm -hmm. yeah no just uh i think just uh today i was seeing james ramirez fraud pixels he said that um there was an update to mid journey today oh really uh that if you go to their announcements page today they added a new algorithm for imagine a new upscaler significantly less distortion and artifacts um see we're pushing these changes at the new default as we hone on in our final version 3 beta uh there's new algorithms two important new arguments stylize and quality Quality. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can set the, yeah, so set the stylized quality. argument. Sets how strong a stylization your image has. Two times slower and two times the price. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can stylize as much or as little as you want. You can also up the quality. So more details, results. Two times slower, two times the price. Like Matt said. Um, and then there's one where the quality is five, and. Uh, mm. It's five minutes per image. Oh. So wow, yeah. see five what minutes uh, per image because right now it's one minute, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing is, and I don't know how that went. It was on July 11th they actually like opened up the opened beta it up. to everyone. Yeah. I so. think that was only for a limited time, right? 
Yeah, I think they were just trying to see how their servers would do under heavy load. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got this up right now on their on their Twitter. You can check it out. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Testing our V3 image generation algorithms. So they've got, like, quite a few. I guess this is, like, the new, more detailed style or whatever. I don't know. I'm going yeah, to have to play with the, it. Yeah, that's the version 5. Less artifacts for sure. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. Distortion and artifacts are pretty high. You saw in the stuff I was showing, you know. And that's why I always compared it to a dream, you know. Yeah. It's like, here's the dream version of Very what I want. Very surrealist, yeah. yeah. And that's something I mean, Dolly 2 is good at. There's still a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. No, but Dolly 2, gosh, have you seen the stuff Dolly 2 is doing? It's like, Dolly 2 is incredible. We can actually input stuff in a Dolly, right? Like you yeah. can start off with a reference image and put that I in. I think you can start off with a reference image here in, do that. Uh, in uh, mm-hmm. mid-journey as well. The only thing oh, is, okay. I think you, I don't know if you can add all, like stuff to it, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. You just, From what it looks like in Dolly 2, you have to import like the actual size, but like you make it smaller and you make it a transparent image around it. You know, and then you say riff off of that. I which right. I, I wonder if you could do that in mid journey. Because like you saw the Google image that I had originally of that overpass, right? I would like to take that overpass and say just like this, except octane style with like backlit and it's at night and then like it's the same image. It makes the same image but makes like the more cool version of it, right? Um something else that just came to mind, Matt, was the TikTok that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night, and it was from that that super smart science dude on TikTok who talks about space and everything else. I forget the guy's name. Hank Green? Is that his? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's the one talking about the images, how they evolve between 3D and 2D. Oh, that phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. That one was cool, yeah. It's something that Dolly 2 does, I believe, and it's where if you start running an image, what what they were doing was running an image through AI. And then saying expand upon this image, and then when that image is done, oh. expand upon that image, and so far, and just keep going, right? And so what happens is, as this 3D style goes, it gets more and more ad- abstract through AI to the point where it realizes it it interprets it as a two-dimensional image, like some mm-hmm. sort of abstract art. And so as it's going, it thinks, oh, this is must be like a, a piece of tunish art or something flat 2d so i'm going to put a frame around it because it's like a piece of wall art and then as that happens it starts realizing it's a frame and it turns the frame into 3d and then the thing inside the frame it turns that into 3d in the end and then it turns back into 2d after that more abstract and it's this loop this weird ai loop cycle thing that happens mm-hmm. so have you yeah. guys ever seen um eb sense I have, I think yeah. It, That's cool. Yeah, it's like one of the old school, like before AI was cool, but mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that I'm more into. I don't, I'm going to put the website in the chat in case you want to pull it up, Dave, but it's like, it's AI, but it's all animated. So basically, like you would paint your first frame of your animation, and however you paint that first frame, it translates that to the rest of your animation, which I've seen some people right. do some really really cool stuff in um 3d with like there was a guy he did like an octane tutorial and he had like this really cool beach scene with like this beach buggy and like he had like his like a generic render because he took the first frame brought into photoshop like really stylized they painted it out and then fed that first frame that he painted out 
along with the generic animation into EB Synth, and it made his entire animation look like that one frame, yeah. which I think is really, really dope into if you want to make like stylized AI work. But I mean, this is the type of stuff that I dig more than, you know, like the Mid Journey and Dolly, if I'm going to be honest, just because. Yeah. It's it's across you know a timeline. I think it's cooler seeing the animation rather than just a bunch of stills. Yeah, it's I something what... I'd like to try. I've got a piece that I'm I've been working on that like is kind of painted looking, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. how can I make this? I I kind of want to purposely make it look like painted, but kind of almost like AI, almost like it was made by AI, and I feel like that's probably a good a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how like because I'm just looking at their socials and they've been kind of quiet since early this year. Yeah, they've been out for years because I remember yeah. somebody actually did like a 3D version of um, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Like they mm-hmm. took like a 3D model and then they took like an image of Rick, like a close up image from Rick and Morty, and then they plugged it in there and it actually made the 3D model look like Rick. Like it was really really dope. But that must have been maybe like two years ago, maybe. This is a cool thing that the guy uh, used af- uh, After Effects animation as well and like made this totally stylized thing with uh, Absinthe too. He only had to draw one frame of animation and then it did this like whole walk cycle. It did the uh, walk that's cycle? That's pretty slick. Wow. Wow. And it's just... You only had to draw one frame of the After Effects animation and boom, hand, stylized hand-drawn animation. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I should dig in more to that. I mean, that... Yeah, seriously. That's pretty wild. Like, but I'm surprised How does it know that's a walk cycle? Magic? All generated by the software based off my drawing and the reference animation. Oh, so you have oh, a reference, reference animation. animation as well. So okay. I think this is the reference that's shown right here that... Yeah. um the grayscale one but i think he drew it that way to look like a like a sketch like a i guess like a pencil sketch mm, mm-hmm. and so it made his reference look like a pencil sketch like it interpolated everything how off of the reference there wow that's really okay cool. that's cool yeah but yeah i'm surprised nobody talks about that like everybody's going crazy over well i guess mid well they haven't posted anything prompts, on right? their socials since like uh well actually all the most recent stuff is like painting effects yeah versus any ai yeah mm-hmm. hmm. cool. but now's the time to shine everybody's talking about ai I they know. gotta get back in the game yeah you know they're probably working on something yeah he's cooking something up <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here yeah let's get out of here a couple minutes. yeah i gotta do a meeting too here pretty soon um um, you can rate us on iTunes. You can leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Help get our ratings up. You can uh, say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Feel of the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. Render Things t-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee. The MoGraph blandishment shirt. And, of course, the That Render is Fire shirt, which you're only allowed to wear ironically. Unless you're shams. Unless you're shams. You need that UV, uh, UV, that UV shirt. shirt. UV Thank grid you. shirt. Yeah. Make sure you check out uh, all the courses on the site, MoGraph.com slash classes. Put on that uh, MoGraph TV, rip the knob off. and uh knobs anymore. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> rip the remote control off. And then, um, yeah, make sure you check out MoGraph.com. 
Milgraph.com slash live has the schedule of events uh, that we will be streaming uh, next week. Again, Chris uh, Theron, and then uh, there will be no show the next week because of Seagraph and all the shenanigans going on, so we'll take a week off for that. Then, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, um, of course, YouTube. Check us out on YouTube.com slash MoGraph. And EJ and Winbush, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on the iDesign.com. I design on Twitter. I design on YouTube. I design on Instagram. I design on TikTok. <laughs> E-Y-E-D-E-S-Y-N. Yes, because I yeah. spell it weird because it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I spelled it really weird. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I can never spell your name. Yeah, on our announcement video. Like... Yeah, but check out uh, on either mine or Winbush's uh, YouTube channels because we're going to be posting a lot of stuff about the uh, the Unreal Challenge, the hashtag PugForce mm-hmm. Challenge. Uh, like I said, I'm going to drop a tutorial tomorrow. That is that two-hour-long visual podcast. <laughs> um, and then Winbush already has a tutorial on uh, a shorter tutorial on how to just step by step make the uh, the forest scene, and and of course he's got little. I think you're doing uh, you're you're doing some like tune effects now too, Winbush. Yeah, oh, I've been yeah. talking to that developer. Um, I did a tutorial the other day on how to get like a noir looking comic book style in real time in Unreal with the um, playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. one is really dope. Um, there's another guy. He created like a tune shader for Unreal Engine um, 4 and 5, which is really dope. So I've been going back and forth with him on Twitter and um, figuring that out. I'll probably do a tutorial on that as well because tune shading is something I think is really dope ever since like Wind Waker back in the day. So always been a big fan of that style. So looking for that tutorial to come next. And then um, I might do another stream on Wednesday, depending if I could talk to you beforehand, Dave, because that last <laughs> one was kind of janky. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens on this Wednesday. But yeah, you can just find me on youtube.com slash Jonathan Wimbush. That's where um, I send most people too. Like you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, but I turned off all the DMs just because it's crazy out in these streets. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just <laughs> go to YouTube. Cool, cool. All right, I guess that about wraps it up. So we're gonna get out of here. Till next time, I'm Dave, and I'm Matt. Oh, and I'm me, EJ, and I'm Winbush. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> what up, what up? <laughs> Later, yo. Well, goodbye, goodbye. It's pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast, industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SeaGraph, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame, frame what? 
MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.